Taiwan reported no new COVID infections linked to China Airlines on Wednesday. However, 13 more contacts of known cases have been put in isolation. They include a Starlux Airlines pilot who dined out with an infected China Airlines pilot. Also on Wednesday, officials announced the results of gene sequencing done on the Novotel Airport Hotel cluster. Results show that seven hotel staff and family members were infected by the same strain as four China Airlines pilots who had stayed at the hotel. Two other pilots who stayed at the hotel, cases number 1101 and 1102, were infected by a different strain and were part of a separate chain of transmission. Meanwhile, interest in getting the COVID vaccine is on the rise. The Central Epidemic Command Center says that on May 3rd, 4,166 people received an AstraZeneca vaccine, marking a new daily high. The heightened interest in vaccines comes amid the growing local outbreak that originated with pilots of China Airlines. Earlier this week, free vaccines were made available to people living with high-risk individuals. At Far Eastern Memorial Hospital, the waiting room of the vaccine clinic is full of people. Amid a recent uptick in local infections, the CECC expanded eligibility for publicly founded vaccines on Monday. Now people living with high-risk individuals can get a shot. Originally, many people had said they were in no rush to get vaccinated. But with the local outbreak growing, interest in vaccines is on the rise. My son works here, so I'm basically living with a health worker. Just look at the recent pilot cluster in the India crisis. Originally nobody in Taiwan wanted a shot, but now everyone is rushing to get one. There's the issue of blood clots in younger women, so I wasn't thinking of getting one at first. In the end, I saw that the situation was getting more severe, so I thought I'd better get vaccinated. According to government data, only 2,515 people were vaccinated on April 21st, the first day that self-paid vaccines were made available. But on May 3rd, 4,166 shots were administered, marking a new daily high. Case 1153, a China Airlines pilot who was diagnosed with COVID on Tuesday had already received one dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine. His case has raised questions about the vaccine's efficacy. For the first AZ shot to reliably offer protection, you might need to wait two weeks at least. Also, the first AZ shot alone is only 50 to 60 percent effective. Not enough time had passed. In addition, he hadn't received his second dose. So these two reasons explain why he ended up getting infected. Experts say the AZ vaccine takes at least 12 days to offer protection against COVID. The pilot had received his first shot only nine days prior to developing symptoms. Medical experts say the vaccine does not offer immunity immediately after administration. U.S. Policy Coordinator for the Indo-Pacific Kurt Campbell said Tuesday that the U.S. was working behind the scenes to send a clear message to China about Taiwan. It's designed to send a very clear message both to Taiwan, but as importantly to Beijing about our determination to enhance deterrence and to make clear about our desire uh, to uh, ensure that Taiwan can live in peace. Campbell was speaking at an online seminar hosted by the Financial Times on Tuesday. But although he said Washington intended to send a comprehensive message to Beijing, he rejected calls for the U.S. to give Taiwan a clear security guarantee, saying there were, quote, significant downsides to that approach. Campbell said that to a degree, preserving Taiwan's status quo was in the best interests of both Washington and Beijing. 
A cutting-edge cancer treatment center in Taoyuan has found another use as a lab for the space industry. Doctors at Chang'an Memorial Hospital founded the Proton and Radiation Therapy Center to treat cancer patients. But now a new lab helps the National Space Organization test components for satellites. And even NASA is asking to use their equipment. NASA launched the Van Allen probe. A rocket takes off carrying a satellite into space. Just one danger for satellites is a thing called a Van Allen radiation belt. These zones of charged particles can damage electrical components, effectively destroying satellites in orbit. But Taiwan now boasts a lab that mimics the conditions of those belts. Here at the Institute of Radiological Research, there are four treatment rooms offering proton radiotherapy to cancer patients on the weekdays. At weekends, the mysterious fifth laboratory opens. But the subject here is not the human body, it's electric. The energy of the beam in proton therapy is 70 to 230 mega electron volts, which happens to be very similar to the proton radiation spectrum in space. We bring the equipment we use for therapy into the fifth room to carry out tests on electrical semiconductors. When the proton and radiation therapy center was open, it was intended purely for cancer treatment. Later, it partnered with the National Space Organization to add on the fifth lab, upgrading Taiwan's space research potential. The electrical components on artificial satellites must all be tested with high-energy proton radiation. It needs to be able to function normally under high-energy radiation for us to use it in a mission. In the past, Taiwan-made components would be sent abroad for these tests, adding to the expense and delaying the project. Now, it can all be sorted within Taiwan. The labs abroad are in high demand. You can't just get in there any time. Usually, you're on a waiting list for six months or a year. It's very rushed and very expensive. In the future, if we want to greatly expand our space industry and foster our space industry, this is essential. We have to carry out these tests, otherwise foreign manufacturers probably won't buy our products. Currently, thanks to its brand new equipment, the fifth lab is taking jobs from all around the world, even from NASA. It's truly a milestone achievement for Taiwan's nascent space industry. According to a joint survey by the European Chamber of Commerce and the recruitment consultancy Robert Walters, the recruitment market in Taiwan is heating up and will be driven by digitization as overseas brands set up new R&D centers to tap into Taiwan's talent. Demand for talent in digital transformation, digital marketing and e-commerce across all industries will be in high demand. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang has the story. Despite the uncertainties in 2021 due to the pandemic, hiring in Taiwan rebounded relatively quicker than in other parts of the world. Tech and digital transformation will continue to be a key growth area, according to an industry survey conducted by Robert Walters. Tech talents can expect to receive a 10 to 15 percent salary increment when changing jobs. We are seeing growth in many areas. Uh, most obviously in technology, in traditional areas of technology in Taiwan, such as uh, the semiconductor field and in manufacturing and automation, but increasingly uh, in software. You know, we're seeing a lot of overseas investment currently uh, that are looking to establish research and development centers, for example, in Taiwan. So we anticipate that this trend will continue through this year. Uh, and 
all candidates with experience in any of these sort of technical fields are likely to be in demand. In addition, candidates with digital experience are in high demand, mainly for sales and marketing professionals. There's been an increase in demand for roles in demand prediction, e-commerce merchandising and third-party logistics management. Candidates can expect a raise of 15 to 18 percent if offered an external opportunity. They are recruiting in a number of areas, but particularly um, in the digital marketing space. Digitization is always accelerating, and any candidates that have, for example, digital marketing experience will likely to receive multiple offers. I think Taiwan, um, from an employment view, is in a good place. I think uh, we are certainly optimistic uh, for this year and looking into next year as well. Taiwan has been successful in containing the pandemic, but there are still some challenges for local businesses. Freddie Hockeylin, the CEO of the European Chamber of Commerce Taiwan, calls for more flexibility and hopes that the borders will open soon. Right now, coming in, obviously, because the border is closed and so on, it's challenging just getting in people to support the ongoing businesses that are currently ongoing. Uh, I think it's been in the news uh, where, where a lot of uh, technicians, for example, in the offshore wind industry have had, have had problems coming in here because of COVID and, and, and the testing and quarantine and all this year. We, we hope that this will open up in the second half of the year. Exactly what impact it will have on investments for the whole year is at this point difficult to say. Other key findings show that specialist roles, healthcare and supply chain will also be in high demand. What are some ways to stand out? Employers are mostly looking to hire candidates with strong English capabilities, niche skill sets, soft skills and a strategic mindset. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. A charity auction in Taoyuan has secured the financial future of arts education at a local school. Education in indigenous song and dance is a specialty at Baoleng Elementary, where traditional arts are kept alive. A local businessman decided to donate the proceeds of the auction to the school to thank the local community for helping him in his hour of need some years ago. A traditional wood workshop hosts a live stream auction. Just when I was in the hardest, most unsuccessful time in my life, my daughter was caught in a dust explosion and had burns on 61% of her body. Even just to talk about that time, I feel like I'm about to cry. Many good friends reached out to help me. We owed people a lot that they had given us. Now we want to use this chance to give back. The accident was life-changing, but five years later, with the help of many friends, the family was swimming again. Now this workshop owner has decided to auction off these simple artworks made from highly valuable wood and donate all the proceeds to Baling Elementary in nearby Fuxing District. They'll be used to support the continuation of indigenous culture and education for rural children. This charity auction will go toward our fund for our school's arts education program to get the kids better and better. But we want to raise 500,000 NT to promote it in the long term. I think that would be a big support for the school. Classes in indigenous song and dance are a special tradition at Baling Elementary. The choir has won many competitions. This art auction was more successful than expected, and the 700,000 NT raise will help the school flourish for years to come. From time to time, we all need support, and eventually it's our chance to pay it forward again.
Environmentalists say that the land in Yunling is sinking faster than ever as locals pump groundwater to weather the drought. According to them, land subsidence could threaten the safety of the high-speed rail system, which runs through a township in Yunling that's been sinking. One expert wants the government to install permeable roads in the county to increase its surface-level water supply and reduce the need for groundwater pumping. Last month's Taroko Express derailment shocked all of Taiwan. Environmentalist groups say a similar tragedy could unfold along the high-speed rail due to land subsidence in Zhanghua and Yunling. According to them, the land in Zhanghua sinks by 3.3 centimeters every year. In Yunling, subsidence reaches 6.5 centimeters. Yunling's HSR station is located near one of the worst affected areas, Tuku Township. This line is a high-speed rail, which passes by Tuku Township, one of the areas worst affected by subsidence. I wrote it here. Tuku is where the Yunlin HSR station is. What if there are rains and an earthquake while the bullet train is passing? What would we do? Before the HSR's route was planned, before the plan had been finalized, if I remember correctly, the land subsidence in Yunling County was already very severe. It was already so severe back then, but they still decided to draw the route over that area. DPP lawmaker Liu Jianguo alleged that the HSR's developers ignored the risks of subsidence. Now, with the ongoing drought, the risks are even greater due to groundwater pumping. An expert says that amid climate change, one way to boost water supplies is to build permeable roads so that the earth underneath can absorb rainwater like a sponge. This could also be done in urban areas in Taiwan. This could increase capacity by 600 million tons. That is, if we change all the main roads in the six municipalities into permeable sponge-like roads to increase water storage capacity. That would increase the space where the water can be collected by 600 million tons. All government agencies will make efforts to find ways to increase surface-level water resources and reduce groundwater use. The officials said that the government was monitoring land subsidence in the area and that addressing the problem would require a coordinated effort across all ministries. In Kaohsiung, communal vegetable gardens are helping indigenous elders in the big city to reconnect to their roots. In the last few years, three vegetable gardens run by indigenous elders have been successfully established. Senior citizens not only enjoy tending the produce with their families, but also bring home a harvest to share with the whole community. Gardeners tend expertly to the vegetables. In this lush green patch, you'll find mountain taro, red quinoa, and star fruit, all organic. All the gardeners here are indigenous, and we all have a great laugh working here. All these are things we indigenous folk like to grow. I'm happy to see them get so beautiful. In their ancestral villages, all these gardeners tended fields, but they had little opportunity to use their skills in the city until this happy garden opened. Now they're proud to put their farming and botanical skills to good use. Now our elders in the city have a place to grow crops and a place to spend leisure time. In the last two or three years, we've seen how much healthier everyone has got. Wow, 
Most of the gardeners bring kids along to help out, and they can learn indigenous languages at the same time. The Kaohsiung Indigenous Affairs Commission runs three gardens like this in Xiaogang, Nanzi, and Shanlin districts. They give the crops they harvest to family and have some for themselves, so it kind of recreates the village spirit of sharing food. Just beside the garden is this community hall where the gardeners can immediately cook up their produce, making a truly home-like sanctuary in the city. While the first plum rains of the season have arrived, a rain-bearing weather front swept in on Wednesday, affecting many parts of northern Taiwan. But it's already on its way out of the island. A second round of rain is expected this weekend, but forecasters don't expect it to end the drought. The rain gear was out Wednesday morning as showers fell hard and fast over northern Taiwan. The first plum rains of the season had arrived at long last. Currently, the CWB has heavy rain advisories for the north coast of Geelong and mountainous regions of Greater Taipei. Today, in Mazu and the eastern half, there's a chance of heavy localized showers. In mountainous areas of central and southern Taiwan, the showers will be even more localized, and they won't be too heavy. This week is set to see two rounds of plum rains. The first churned through the north and east on Wednesday, delivering brief and localized showers. The most accumulation of 62 millimeters was recorded in New Taipei's Shimen district. In mountainous regions in Taoyuan and below, accumulation from this first round will be limited, ranging from 20 to 40 millimeters. The second round of rains is due Saturday and Sunday, but because the front will not pass over Taiwan, it's expected to bring only short bursts of rain to the north, east and mountainous regions of central and southern Taiwan. There is also less accumulation in the forecast compared to the first round. It not be until the end of May that stationary fronts start reaching Taiwan, bringing a chance of more widespread rainfall. Between now and mid-May, we'll mostly get moving fronts. Widespread plum rains are forecast to arrive from mid to late May and to last until mid-June. According to a private weather forecast service, a typical plum rain front is due to affect East Asia in June. It's currently on track to only graze Taiwan. This means that if it shifts south, it would deliver heavy showers to the island, and if it moves north, it would bring almost none at all, spelling trouble for the water crisis. The drought is still critical in many parts of Taiwan. In Taoyuan, Shimen Reservoir stands at 19.6 percent capacity, while less than 10 percent remains in the second Baoshan, Deji, Zhenwen and Agongdian Reservoirs. Baihe Reservoir in Tainan is now completely dry. Even with more plum rains on the horizon, forecasters warn that the drought is far from over.